Hi, this is Lisa, and you are listening to I Love That Movie. This podcast is for movie lovers. It's not an unbiased opinion. It's not a straightforward review. It's just a couple people talking about a movie that they love. The format is each week I have a guest, and that guest and I discuss a movie that they love, something they're obsessed with, something they connect with. We'll talk about the plot, the director, and the actors, but we'll also talk about the personal connection my guest has with that movie. So if that sounds like something you want to listen to, keep listening. Hey, this is Lisa, uh, and if you want to catch up with me on Twitter, you can find me at ILTM Podcast. I'm also on Instagram at I Love That Movie Podcast, and we have a Patreon. Uh, the show is always free, but if you want to support us on there, you can. That's at Patreon.com/slash I Love That Movie. Uh, and if you do sign up, we do bonus episodes every week where um, I interview people and we talk about probably like the latest shows we've done. Uh, Marvel What If, which we're, we've already just wrapped up. Uh, we've talked about the Mandalorian, WandaVision, and my guest today has actually been a guest on that podcast as well. But anyway, uh, so yeah, I, and I also want to take a moment to thank my top patrons. They are Chris Balga, Jeff Widman, Phil Barker, and Michael Cross. Thank you guys so much for keeping the lights on. And if you like what you hear today, please subscribe and rate the show. It does help new listeners find us. Well, I've got a familiar voice on the podcast. I've got Stu. Say hi, Stu. Hello there. Hey, and I feel like we just did this because we just did, uh, yes. but go ahead and introduce yourself a little bit. Uh, my name is Stuart Little, uh, no relation to the mouse, though <laughs> I have certainly been dogged by uh, uh, <laughs> questions about that for since at least high school. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm, as you might be able to tell, I'm Scottish, uh, and I was apparently the first uh, international guest. On, yes, you were uh, the first international guest. I was so excited. International, <laughs> <laughs> oh, was it going to be Italian, uh, Spanish? Uh, maybe Asian. No, no, it's it's a Scotsman. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, there's still there is still a language barrier, but. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, American English isn't great, so you yeah. know, bear with me. <laughs> no, good to be here. Good. Well, you know, my guest always picks the movie. So, what what movie did you choose during this spooky season? Uh, a personal favorite of both yours and mine's, uh, this genre, uh, From Dusk Till Dawn. Yes. Yeah. I know like, that I have seen this, but it is not one of, you know, Rodriguez's films that I've seen the most. So going back and watching it, I was like, I don't think I've seen this in a long time. So it was like really fun to rewatch. Uh, when did when did you first see it? Um, it would have been on TV, uh, most likely. Um, yeah, because, uh, I feel like it used to be on rotation on TV a lot. Yeah, yeah, but but over here it's like it's it's like part of this whole um, slot that um, do you know the UK TV network Channel Four? Mm-mm. It's, it's uh, well, you've I, I know for a fact you've seen several things from Channel Four because it's 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 one of the. Uh, Is it like the BBC? Well, the, well, the BBC. Is like this. Well, it's like there's like it used to be there was only there was only four channels, uh, four network channels. Uh, and mm. it's like you and the four channels were BBC One, 
BBC Two and like BBC is very associated with like the establishment and like South England and it's a bit more middle class. And then there's mm-hmm. I there's the third channel ITV, which is more working class and it's associated with North the uh, more because uh, it's uh, I think it's originated from the North England. So it has, oh. has so is it so is it, so it's a little, a little less of that prestige, but it's a little bit more relatable. And then there was Channel Four, which like launched in the eighties and uh, the eighties, and that was a lot more. Um, it was very much more hip and like up to date and like sort of um, so uh, iconoclastic. No, no, not not iconoclastic, but it, it it was very it was a bit more I think trendier, edge. like cooler. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And there was like a lot of um, yeah, pushed the envelope a lot of things. And uh, so, for, as I was saying, like you've seen like a lot of its co- you you've seen some of its comedy. Uh, mm-hmm. Father Ted, the IT crowd. Yes, things like that. That's <laughs> some of my that's, favorite shows. Yeah, and. Um, it's also where Black Mirror originated from. Oh wow! Uh, okay. Also, also, phone, also, Channel Four was also involved in the, the creation of Phone Four. Have you heard of that? That sounds the, familiar. The British, so probably... is, yeah, the British sort of phone production uh, sort of um, uh, outlet. Uh, I'm not sure if you really call it a studio, but it's like uh, you know, it's, it's, it had its own. Uh, it's, it's both a studio and it had its own um, channel, its own uh, mm. cable channel, and so there's a lot of movies that are like Phone Four funded. Um, oh, and okay. Like, and I think, and they're, 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 or like, even if they want, they're associated, funny about they're sort of associated with them for like um, train spotting, shallow grave. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. so I, I've probably seen the logo a yeah. lot. So, so, so yeah. With the so, it's through, so, so, through Channel 4 that like um, they, they, they had a lot of um, different, they had like, um, it's, it's, it's like where kind of my, my movie, um, movie knowledge sort of expanded uh, to like, Things that are a little bit more independent stuff and uh, uh, more more uh, like international uh, things like um, Asian cinema. There's like so like I, I would say I would have seen like a lot of like Jackie Chan things <laughs> on like Late Night Channel Four uh, and uh, John Woo stuff. Um, it sounds kind of like IFC over here. Yeah, yeah, mm. and so like yeah, yeah, and like like Robert Rodriguez movies would be on uh, Channel Four as well. So like oh cool, I saw, I saw okay. Desperado. And I saw uh, still on there, and like, Love Desperado. And, like <laughs> and like you know, films like Leon and stuff like that. So it's like, yeah, it was, it's a little bit more like um, you know, what you what you may call a cinephiles. Yeah, uh, and like more of. like independent film. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Cool. Yeah, this came out in 1996. I know I didn't see it in 1996. Yeah. But that's when it came out. And and guys, if you're listening and this is your first time listening to the show. We will talk spoilers, <laughs> so I would pause here, go watch the movie, come back. But if you're still here, here's a really fast synopsis, like literally a sentence of what the movie's about. Uh, two criminals and their hostages unknowingly seek temporary refuge in a truck stop populated by vampires with chaotic results. Yes, in a nutshell. That's a movie in a nutshell. I mean, that's pretty much what happens. Uh and it was fun rewatching this for me because I couldn't remember everything that was going to happen. In fact, at the end of the movie, I told Nick, I'm like, I know I've seen this, but I, I feel like I've seen clips of it more often than I've seen the full movie. Like I'm specifically yeah. thinking of the Selma Hayek scene, <laughs> but you know, I, I've, I feel like I've seen snippets of this film more than I've seen the film as a whole in a long time. Um, it's like it's funny though. It's like the, the synopsis you gave like really kind of emphasizes the horror aspect, but like, but it's when you when you when you do when you do rewatch it, you're kind of maybe struck by how much like 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 that's not like half half of the movie isn't about that. Half the movie is yeah like, like a more of a straight crime thriller. 
and it's yes. because it's because uh, Quentin, Quentin Tarantino and Robert Jacobs who co-wrote it uh, together. Like they uh, they've said that they were kind that um, like a lot of horror gets to the horror stuff a little bit too quickly. So the characters you don't you don't get to know the characters as well. Um, mm, that's a good point. What, which is what they've done here is like you really do get into the characters a lot before it switches to the horror. So, mm-hmm. um, so it's just kind of funny. It's like there's there's a massive tonal shift when the horror yes. comes in because because even though things are kind of heightened in the first half of it, um, there's, there's like there's like there's it, it's very like I said it's a, it's a thriller. It's like it's like there's like some tense stuff and there's like some extreme moments. It still still feels relatively grounded in the real world. And it, but then when when the, uh, the horror stuff starts like. Um, not only does the situation change, but like the characters seem to uh, adapt to it very quickly. <laughs> they don't they seem do. quite as... yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um... yeah. I agree. And you know, I think they give you enough of horror with uh, Seth's brother. Um, yeah, you know, uh, um, Tarantino's character being so violent. We get some flashes of violence. So there's like hints that this is going in a horror direction. But you're right; it yeah. is mostly character development. Um, and I had a couple of quick facts I wanted to share before we like dive into scenes and stuff. But yeah. uh, the first one was that before George Clooney was cast, numerous actors were considered for the role of Seth Gecko, including Antonio Banderas, Steve Buscemi, Michael Madsen, Tim Roth, John Travolta, Christopher Walken, Jeff Goldblum, what? Uh, <laughs> James Woods, and Robert De Niro. All passed because of scheduling conflicts, and the only one to outright decline was Travolta, who said he had no interest in doing a vampire movie and instead chose to do Pulp Fiction. Probably uh, a good decision on his part, but <laughs> yeah. uh, I just thought that was really interesting. Because I wouldn't think of George Clooney as like the first person that comes to mind for a role like this, would you? Like He does an awesome job, no. but he's like not no. who I think of. Yeah, yeah, but at the same time, this, this really was his like break, breakout role into becoming a movie yes. star, because... Because he'd been in some movies before this, but like none of them. He was mostly been... TV guy, right? Yeah. On, uh, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, like I think, yeah, he was. But he, but his profile was was raised about at the time because he was in ER, mm-hmm. um, and he, uh, like, I, I'm guessing like part of the reason he was offered the roles that Quentin Tarantino was a big fan of ER, and he even directed uh, an episode of it. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah. And he probably um, just thought, like, you know, this is, like, a handsome doctor character. Like, what if we take this guy and make him, like, kind of a scumbag? Like, that's such a fun... Yeah. You know, I mean, he did that with, like, Travolta. His career was kind of dying out. And he was like, let's take this old heartthrob and make him, like, a badass, you know? And so it's like he does that where he, like, likes to take actors that you wouldn't traditionally put in those roles. Yeah. And see what they can do. And so... Yeah, but I didn't know he was an ER fan. That's kind of cool. I struggled to remember the name of that show, so I'm glad you said yeah. it. No, no, I didn't I, watch a lot of medical shows no, growing up. Yeah, so. no, no, f- finally enough, when I was, I was, I was like just chatting. Yeah, was this his like first like major mo- movie? I mean, I look, look, looked at his um, IMDb and his past projects, and funnily enough, in the 1980s, he was he was also a, a regular and a short-lived medical sitcom starring Ellie Gould, which was also called ER. That was oh, spelled, wow. That was, that was spelled E slash R for some reason. But, uh, oh, weird. I did not know that. <laughs> yeah, that, that was just some, um, That's interesting. Um, I also had that Quentin Tarantino originally gave the script to makeup effects technician Robert Kurtzman to direct, but when he couldn't commit, Tarantino showed the script to Rodriguez. So... You can kind of see that vibe just because, like, one of the main characters in the movie um, is a effects artist, right? 
Yeah, Tom Savini. Yeah, Tom Savini. Yeah. Um, it's, so it's, it's like it's, he, he really. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. So, sorry. It's, it's what I was going to say. It's, it was surprising to learn he had actually, he actually doesn't have anything to do with the effects in this. It's it's uh, Greg Nicotero who. Oh, I didn't realize that. Who's now doing the Walking Dead um, stuff? So yeah, but it's quite oh, funny. So cool. I guess I guess Tom Savino got got the role because he 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 has like he did the makeup effects stuff for like the Romero Dead films, but he was also mm. an actor and at least at least Dawn of the Dead. He was like one of the bikers that shows up in like the third act. Uh-huh. Um, uh, so but yeah, yeah. So so you'll say it just feels like he, he made sure that. To involve, like, I mean, this movie yeah. heavily relies on effects with the vampires. And I just think that's cool that at first he was like, I'm going to get somebody that, like, knows what they're doing to direct it. And then also, like, you know, that didn't end up happening. So he cast somebody who knows what they're doing. I, I just think it's cool to, like, involve those people more yeah. in the film than they're traditionally involved. So it's kind of neat. Yeah, they're, 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 both, they're both kind of big fans of, like, B-movie stuff. So they seem to, like, yeah. like to get those people in just in general because, because they're fans of them. Uh like for instance, like um, um, Michael Parks uh, was mm-hmm. like is, is the sheriff at the beginning. He the, the part was specifically written with him, with him in mind. Uh, oh. Uh, and that, that's so. And, uh, <laughs> and like even specifically the way he delivered the lines. That, like apparently the quite Tarantino when he when he was writing that scene was envisioning him doing it that the pretty much the same way he does where he's like taking long pauses and and, and things. <laughs> Yeah, you can tell it's such a love letter to that yeah. kind of stuff. And uh, because it is, you know, their casting, everything influences those choices. That's pretty cool. I, yeah. I, I like that kind of stuff. It makes you feel like, I mean, obviously these are huge Hollywood directors, but it makes you feel like there's just this sort of like homegrown sort of grassroots aspect to to these films. Yeah. They do that. You know, yeah, because they're, they're real fans. Yeah, and they also see me. I think they also see like when they're making, they're, they're still kind of thinking, thinking of it as an independent movie. Mm-hmm. Um, which, uh, as I was telling you off, 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 off microphone, uh, got them in a bit of trouble with the IATSE. Uh, yeah. The, you know the union for the uh, moving theatrical crew things because they were they were shooting it without a union crew, uh, yeah. and the IATSE got and got uh, felt that. I, I'm not sure because, it, it, yeah, apparently they, they felt that they needed to be done, and apparently they, this was this wasn't really based on any complaints from anyone who was working on the movie. It was just IATSE like taking up on themselves to think that that was that wasn't on for some reason, and like Rodriguez, hmm. Rodriguez was, and a lot of people were, were, were kind of you know standing up against it because whether they were, whether they were like they weren't like anti-union or anything, they just felt that that it was inc- like the, that that demand was like not only would it have like increased the budget of the movie it would also have interfered in the way they did things because uh, Rodriguez is uh, he, he's like a very he's like a multi-talented guy when it comes to doing things because he's like mm-hmm. you know he's he's director he's he's a writer he's editing uh, music uh, various other things like in fact like yeah he's, he's very famous for that like because like, didn't you write yeah. didn't you write a book about that but it was with the guerrilla the guerrilla filmmaker handbook or something like that um and uh, it's like it's very common in like he I've I've like, I've, I've seen all of his movies where he has like a film school uh, special feature where he's just giving little tips for like things that like low budget directors can do to like, yeah. to, to, to to achieve certain effects like, like with light with lighting and things like that and uh, so it's like I think yeah he 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 was just like yeah, he like I think even to this day he still tries to do, do things like that as much as possible yeah um, and he, he felt that like the IATSE was was like kind of treating him as like. 
is bigger than he was than he was wanting to be at the time. Yeah, like yeah. almost like he's cheating the system by taking all those yeah. jobs on. He's taking jobs away from people, right? Is, yeah. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, I mean, it's impressive that he can do all that. And if he can, he should have that freedom to be able to choose that. Yeah. Um, it's like, I, I feel like that area of, you know, filmmaking, it's like they should defend when it is defending a person, like you said, and not just like yeah. the idea of not hiring them. <laughs> like, yeah. Seems a little far-fetched. Um, this last fact that I had, I didn't know. So I was like, oh, cool. I get it now. Uh, the name of the movie um, is taken from signs found in drive-ins. Uh, these signs indicate the length of shows, which ran from dusk till dawn. The movie is full of references to midnight movies and films, which were often intended for teenagers to watch late night out of their cars. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I thought that was sad, really cool. Sad, sad of the drive-in experience isn't really that big a thing over here. So <laughs> that would have been lost. Well, time. I mean, these days it's not over here either. <laughs> like I've gone to a couple makeshift drive-ins, like during the pandemic when people were just, you know, theaters were shut down or not opening. Um, some local independent theaters would like rent a screen and, and show them in the parking lot. But there's not a lot of like, there's a couple traditional drive-ins in Texas, but there's not a ton of them for sure. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I, I didn't, I've not, I've not heard that before. So I was like, oh, that's really cool. Um, well, what do you want to talk about next? Do you want to talk about just um, Rodriguez himself or the cast or? Let's talk about a bit more about the cast because we haven't got okay. to everybody and like what, what the thing is. So, uh, so yeah, like I say, like, like the sort of two main, two main characters at the beginning is uh, Seth, and Richie Gecko, uh, who are both professional criminals, though uh, Seth, played by Clooney, is the older of the two, and the more reserved one. Uh, he seems to like val- He seems to like have a, it's not a code. He just seems to have a way of doing things where he's like, he's not, he's not, he, he's he's in, he's he's doing this as a job. And, and yeah, like he, he does it not, for the money, not for yeah. the pleasure of hurting yeah. people. Like yeah. you get the feeling that yeah, he like in like in that first scene. He intimidates and scares people, but he obviously wants to get the money and get out yeah. and be done. Yeah. Whereas Richard Richie loves the violence, um, yeah. and and it's like he's you kind of get the feeling, or at least I got the feeling watching the movie that like Seth has always made for made room for and included his brother, but he really he he knows he shouldn't. Yeah, <laughs> and that Richie yeah. is more of a, a hindrance to him than yeah. help, but. It's like he—it's he, his brother, so he has to include him. He loves yeah. him, you know. Yeah, and yeah, because we're, we're kind of introduced to them, like we know that, like they, they talk about how when when like Richie like rescued Seth from, uh, the court, uh, court the courthouse, there was um some there was like law enforcement and civilian casualties, and they don't actually tell you who killed who, <laughs> but you do get you get the impression that maybe Seth, like Seth like at least could have like maybe maybe would would kill law enforcement. If, yeah. If it was like you know, if it was like a if he didn't necessary, but like he doesn't go out of his way to do it, he's not a sadist. And right. Uh, you, you, but yeah, yeah. You see, you see, like he's got like a sort of a utilitarian mindset about violence and intimidation because he threatens he threatens about the hostage at the beginning, and he's yes. very, what, what he, the things he says and the way he says it is like is very effective. Um, but you can also tell that he's not he doesn't really mean it. Like he just he, he yeah. knows that he knows that the woman wouldn't do wouldn't actually do anything because because he's like friend and but you know, there's also a little, little interesting little point I don't know if you noticed it but like after he says all that stuff to her about um if you try to run in this uh you you better not because I've got six little friends and they'll run faster than you 
Now yeah. do you understand? And she's Good like line. nodding. And then it, then it comes to him, and you see him look down for a second, and he actually looks a little bit of ashamed, ashamed of himself that he said that, just for a split mm. second. Then he just looks up and says, okay, I'm going, I'm going out for for food. And then he goes out, right? And then, um, so yeah, you see, like, like right there, he's like, he he doesn't like want to hurt anybody. He just wants to get what he's what he's after, and, and go, then go and go on his way. Um, and then after um, Richie kills her. Uh, he, he gets really mad about it and like says, is this, is this what you think I do? And like he he definitely de- seems to think that yeah he takes on some of the blame for it for himself. And mm-hmm. from that point on to until until like 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 the later half of the movie, he, he does he does seem to be taking out his guilt on everyone else because he's he's a lot more mean spirited to um everybody he encounters. Yeah, he, mm-hmm. he's like he's like when he's talking to when he's talking to uh, Jacob and the family, he's yeah. just he doesn't mind pushing their buttons and saying things to them that are out of line. Uh, like when he's, he's when they're in the, the the van and he's asking them about how his wife died, and he keeps asking them more and more questions about it, even though it's, it yeah. should be obvious that this would be bothering them. But he's like, and then but then when Jacobs like says, "I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm done talking," but it's like, oh well, well, let's keep it friendly. It's like, well, no, you're just clearly you're a ball about what you've done, and you're like taking out on everyone else. So it's, yes. it's, it's it's interesting. Like it's like it's good. It's like it's like you can see how this was like maybe has. Um, breakout role because it is actually short because it's like it's, it's like you think it's like a very like simplistic role but like he he does have a lot of range within this this playing this criminal uh this ostensibly ruthless, ruthless criminal who isn't that ruthless but is still human and has uh you know that that that, that ability to just kind of be a dick <laughs> yeah like he's got a character arc you know he starts yeah. off as a criminal and like you said i i hadn't noticed that but i agree that like after after richie kills that woman that they were holding for a long time. It's like he, he does change after that. He's more desperate. Things are more urgent. He's more stressed. And he does seem to like be a bigger dick for the rest of the movie because of yeah. that. And, and, yeah. but it also that compassion and reluctance to be violent. It makes it believable later when he has a turn and he becomes like kind of a good guy too. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, and then um, so yeah, mo- moving on from that, there's uh, the family, uh, Jacob, the Fillers, Jacob Fuller, yeah, Scott, Phil Scott, Harvey, Car- Harvey Keitel. Yeah. <laughs> me and me and my husband were saying yesterday when we were watching the movie or on Friday that um, Harvey Cartel looks so like like a dopey older dad, and then when he takes the glasses off, you're like, oh. It's Harvey Keitel. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, like there's such a huge difference when he has the glasses on and off. I don't know what it is, but when he takes the glasses off, he looks rugged and tough. And when he's got them on, he just looks like a dad. <laughs> I yeah. just thought that was kind of yeah. funny. Yeah. He also doesn't, he's also doing like a more, he's also doing like a, I guess that's a Texas accent he's doing. Yeah, yeah. Or, but you don't see him, well, I, don't, I, I don't think of us, he's usually just doing his like normal, like American New York East Coast yes. accent. Stuff I've seen them in uh so how, how was he at that as a texan did, did, he, did, he, did he sound did you he know he sounded fine a, a lot of times um when people do texas accents they sound like you know foghorn leghorn or something yeah. <laughs> like in looney tunes and i always think like that sounds like texans from a long time ago you know so it doesn't quite yeah. hit or or any like a lot of in america a lot of um accents that are southern it's like they just think they just come up with like a homogenous accent that just could yeah. be from anywhere but no i thought he did a really good job with his accent and it, it was a little more like city boy like dallas you know yeah. not 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 too yeah. thick so i thought i thought it was really effective the daughter especially uh juliet lewis um yeah. 
Yeah. Her accent was really good. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I thought I thought they both did an awesome job. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it's interesting like how we find them where they are. I wasn't totally clear. Were they, were they moving to Mexico or were they just getting... Sorry, where were they going exactly? See, I, I, can't I don't feel like they were going to Mexico. They were going somewhere and they were going to camp. And the big mistake that they made, the way they get caught up with Seth yeah. and Richie, is they want to... You know, Harvey Keitel wants to spend the night in a bed on their way wherever they're headed. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the kids are like, no, we've got a bed back here. And he's like, it's not the same, which... I'm going to have to agree with with Jacob on this one. You know, yeah. uh, campers are not super comfortable. So I, I see what he's saying. Um, but, yeah, it wasn't clear on where they were going. It didn't feel like like I don't I don't know. Yeah. I, and now now this is in 1996. So, you know, going to from Mexico is different now than it was then. Yeah. You know, like now I'm sure you've seen on the news I and I think it's exaggerated. But yeah. people now like crossing the border uh consider it more risky you know you wouldn't necessarily take your whole family down there unless you're going to like a resort and then you yeah. probably fly there but in the 90s i mean i remember like used to be able to go across the border with just like your id like you never you didn't have to have like your passport and stuff like that so maybe they were just going to mexico i i can't really i have to watch it again yeah because also they have that conversation about how uh she phoned i think the ministry and she said that the guy that the guy there uh, said he wouldn't oh. find a permanent replacement until he came back, and like I wasn't sure to, if like if that meant wherever they were going, it was temporary, so maybe it was just a vacation, or mm. was he, or was it he he quit his job and he was moving just to try have a fresh start because he was like giving up, he was trying to put he was trying to put past find them the the life he was having yeah. because you know he's a he's a priest who lost his uh, faith. Um, yeah. His wife passed away, and he's he's having a, a crisis of faith the whole yeah. movie. Yeah. Um, Although I guess he comes um, around. Also, I'm <laughs> guessing. It. Yeah. Also, I'm guessing he's like uh, he's like a Protestant or maybe a Baptist. I can't, yeah, I'm he'd not have sure. to be Protestant or Baptist because if he was yeah. Catholic, he yeah. wouldn't be married. Yeah. Yeah. And that's also something that's different because, like, not like when do you ever see like the priest and like a supernatural drama like not be catholic it's like that's never, true usually they never, they're catholic i've seen maybe yeah. a couple movies where you know they're jewish sometimes or something else uh, but it's very very rare yeah 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 but you're if you do it in texas they pretty much have to be i mean there's obviously yeah. catholic people here but the south is known for being like baptist or protestant you know so yeah that's a good point and i mean like that's another cool thing about this movie too is like the setting you know rodriguez loves setting everything in like texas and mexico yes. <laughs> obviously if it's, because it's got, desert, if it's got a deserty look then yeah very that. deserty yeah yeah and so yeah part of that world building is is like this this uh this pastor that's sort of lost his way and that feels so tarantino like give everybody like overly detailed backstories for this like yeah, and yeah love and it. Yeah. And there's all those, like there's always, there's always those little details you can find in like the dialogue or like even the set design or things or things like that. And like uh, you know how like how you know Quentin Tarantino's got like a movie universe and like yeah, and, like, there's always different connections between these movies and like yeah, that's some, true. Uh, and like so I, th- I think like yeah, so like uh, did you did you notice for instance the the uh, what burger place he got the, the yeah the, the it was a big Kahuna yeah yeah yeah, yeah. from Pulp Fiction yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's also another, yeah. There's also another thing that's like just, 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 uh, just generally like for the atmosphere, the little, little details do, like when when they're watching the news report about the breakout, and it's like Kelly Preston, it's like it's, it's like it's just little extra things like Kelly Preston's playing that um, 
that uh, news reporter, and she's got this vapid smile on her face while she's talking about this massacre, and it's like, <laughs> I'm guessing like the idea is like it's maybe like that's what maybe like local news. Yeah, like, I think like, that's something that's teased a lot is that they have like this cheesy game show presence, even yeah. when they're talking about really horrible news, and it's like inappropriate, yeah. guys. Yeah, uh, <laughs> does feel uh, kind I, of American. <laughs> I also like when they're talking about like the dead liquor store clerk, and there's a photo of him, and it's like a photo of him holding was he is he fishing or something like that? Because he's got he's like it's, it's like it's like an actually Polaroid of him like. I mean, he's holding a fish in one hand and a, and a bottle of whiskey in the other. Like, <laughs> I like when movies like go go the extra mile to do little details like that. Yeah. Like, like, or like when well, rather than like when you see someone like look at a picture of someone and it's like it, it looks like looks looks like someone just took a screen a screenshot of like a previous episode. And, yeah. You, the person, yeah. Like, but or like, like a it, stock yeah. photo or something. Yeah. yeah. No, I uh, agree. Yeah. He's really good at that. Yeah. Uh, and like like yeah, but also like maybe the way that that was being presented, that's kind of maybe like a. Uh, kind of a, like kind of leftover from the way Natural Born Killers was like depicting mm. media because like that was Quentin Tarantino as well. Oh yeah. No, so he didn't direct it, but it was like that was that was always a story, always a story, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, artists usually aren't fond of media. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> they aren't fond of the news, and yeah, yeah, that's that's very true. I hadn't thought about that connection, but you're right. Um. Uh, yeah, so, and uh, another, like, sort of unsung uh, cast member of the movie is uh, Cheech Marin, who has three different roles. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I, you know, I love seeing him. I'm like, oh, it's Cheech Marin, yes. <laughs> Go ahead, though. <laughs> yeah, and, like, appar- apparently there's, like, an explanation for, like, what, like, possible explanation for why he's in the movie three times. Is that uh, <laughs> apparently, like, El Rey, where they're going... Call the Quentin to do that's supposed to be hell. Okay. And like, Marin is like the devil. His character oh. is supposed to be the devil, like giving them, giving Seth passage into hell. Though it's kind of kind of confusing metaphor because why would you pay the devil money to go <laughs> to go to hell? But um, apparently but it's I like, mean, yeah, at like, the same time, he's like tempting them. You know, like yeah. he's like all these women, and they're all waiting for you, which is like, I, I think kind of a fun twist on horror too, because usually it's like. In older horror movies, it's like you know there there's these virgins, uh, teenagers, and they're it's the the fact that they even entertain the idea of having sex is what kills them, and in this in this spin, it's sort of like these tempting ladies um, are their downfall instead. You know, it's like I don't know, it's a little bit different, and I kind of like that. Or the fact that like yeah, coming you've all three of these characters are in one way or another they're they're like gatekeepers. Yes. All the guards, the, the the doorman, and the guy who's t- taking them to this city. Uh, uh, so yeah, uh, so yeah, yeah that, that, that does kind of make sense, even if some like yeah, that's the thing, that's probably metaphors. If you think about them too much, they get a bit paradoxical. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> no, it's it's all good. <laughs> um, but I, was, I also really like and sympathise with uh, the third member of the Fuller family, Scott, because he's oh, yeah. just. That oh, poor guy, he gets it in the worst day anybody. <laughs> I know the the adopted son, yeah. um, and and yeah, Tarantino can't resist but put in. Of although we were pointing out like some of the characters are obviously like they say kind of racist things, yeah. But then any character that says something like that is gonna like freaking get it in the end. Yeah. <laughs> like it's almost like the the rules in like the Tarantino sort of universe is like if you say something bad you're going to die some horrible way. So uh, the second uh, that they start popping off on this kid, I'm like, well, <laughs> this, 
that character is uh, not going to have a good end. <laughs> well, the, the aforementioned dickishness from Seth, where he says, how, how are you, his dad? You don't look Japanese. And then oh, yeah. Goes, and he's like, oh, he's Chinese. He looks, he looks Chinese. Oh, well, excuse me, y'all to hell. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, uh, but yeah, I did. I liked Scott. He was he was a sweet character. <laughs> uh, and, and I also like the fact that, like, yeah, they, they actually do seem to be, like, very, like, well-raised, respectful kids. Because, like, even Scott's, like, say, oh, excuse me. Like, when the first interest scene, you're like... <laughs> uh, three excuses in the bathroom, but then oh, yeah. when you get, but then, but then when they get to the 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 club, the the, the club, the the bar, like he's just like, yeah, I'll, I'll have a drink. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he's like, I, I mean, this guy's holding a gun to our heads. I'm allowed to drink at this point. <laughs> yeah, and oh, oh, a lap dance. Well, if you insist. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, he is a, a growing boy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> um, yeah, I liked, I liked the kids a lot. They're such like good kids, and yeah. they really give. They really give you like the uh, the um, impression that uh, you know that they uh, that they're raised well, that they love their family. So they're not like the kind of kids that are like rebelling. They're like they they've really bought into the lifestyle. In fact, Juliette Lewis's character at several points in the movie is kind of upset at her dad for for kind of entertaining the idea of walking away. Right? She's like, yeah. "You're just gonna say fuck it," which I thought was funny that she says that. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, um, but yeah. Anyway, yeah. I liked her character too. She was like everywhere in the nineties for a while. She was like in everything. Yeah. She's kind of like a almost like a Renee Zellweger of her time, a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just in a lot of stuff. And she she was in Bachelor Ron Cows as well, so she's got like a talented oh, yeah. connection. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh so yeah, so let's uh, I guess move on to the uh the when I actually get to the bar. Um, okay, okay. Which is uh, I, like uh, should be yeah yeah should be the titty knows, twister yeah <laughs> should be those like should, yeah should be those like like the production design in the movie is is very uh, very good and like like the, yeah the, it's so the, fun like the, the titty twister looks awesome yeah yeah and like yeah as like the exterior as as the boat set like, in the middle of nowhere uh, mm-hmm. and uh, like yeah and, and then also like and rewatching it kind of really really realized that like for the last the last half of the movie is basically mostly on this one sound stage. Uh, yes. compared to like the first half, which is like a lot of location stuff and like more like real 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 things, but it's yeah, it's, it's still it's still good. But I guess you couldn't really find a place like that in real life. Uh, no, so, like, and I feel like it's playing a lot on like Americans having like a kind of a weird concept of what Mexico is like. Like I yeah. think a lot of people, I mean, and you probably experience this with like some either nations or places that are popular destinations, but it's not like Las Vegas, but it's like a lot of people do cross the border to like party. So yeah. there's like that association of like, you know, you're crossing into unfamiliar territory and you're partying and, you know, Hey, this is the South partying is bad. And so they're kind of like playing off on like all those sort of uh, stereotypes, you know, like yeah. you're going into the, the pit of hell, which is like yeah. anywhere that you can drink a bunch of free, you know, cheap booze or whatever. So yeah. I just, I, I kind of liked all that and, and the way that there's, it's sort of spun in this movie, you know, they're vampires, not just. Yeah. It's not just a bar, a den of sin. It's like literally like vampires that are gonna kill you. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, so we we get the bar and uh, I, I do I really do like just the fish out of water aspect again with, yeah. with the family being there and uh, yes, it's like it's so weird. It's like we just, we just start thinking about those things. Well, like when they when they get in for the first time in Diane Fields' character. Um, 
I can't remember his name, but he's like the bartender and he's he's a vampire secretly and he's like telling them. Oh, yeah. Razor Charlie. Uh, he looks so young. <laughs> yeah. Spoofy. Yeah. I'm not saying that about Dan Trio. Like Dan Trio has probably always looked at least 10 years older than he's actually. I, I think, think so. Yeah. I, I actually read a, um, a fact about him that he at one point thought about getting like a surgery and his wife was like, do not like yeah. your rugged older yeah. look is like how you make your money. Like don't do anything yeah. to your face. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's, that's because like he used to like rob banks for a living. Uh, oh yeah. He was like a criminal, which is yeah. Why he's and, like, so legit yeah. looking. <laughs> and then he like, and then when he went straight, he sort of got a job as like a, I think either bank robber consultant or like a convict consultant. So you see him in a lot of movies. <laughs> so you saw, so you see him in a lot of movies just playing a convict. Like he was in a, yeah. he was in a, um, I think he was in, uh, I think he, he, he was in like a movie with um, uh, uh, Charles Bronson uh-huh. when, he was, when he was in jail, uh, and apparently it was apparently like. I've read, I've read this thing an anecdote from him from him where he said he was um he, he and all the other extras were hanging out together and uh there was this older guy so this, 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 when the when the was this older guy who's like he was like, experienced doing extras and he was just he was just trying to like give ideas for how all the other extras could um uh like maybe just like do the scene better right and, like he was he like, and like this younger guy says, oh, why don't you shut the F up, man? I don't know who you tell me what. And then <laughs> Dan Trejo apparently says, hey, that's an older guy. You always show respect to older guy. So he grabbed this guy and shut off against the wall and said, you, you better show some God that you better show some M- F and respect to this guy. And the guy says, hey, man, no, I'm just I'm just trying to get in the character. And he says, yeah, well, your character's the guy who's about to get his ass kicked if you don't shut, <laughs> you don't shut I love up. that. So, and he went from that type of personality to selling tacos. <laughs> yeah. Now he seems but, like so lovable. Yeah. My friend Stacy had a picture with him from a local horror fest that happened here a month ago. And they're just like hugging. I'm like, this is such a funny picture just because he's he always seems so tough. <laughs> but, uh, but to get to, yeah, but to back to the marginal point where he says he's telling Seth, uh, you can't drink here. And Seth's like, and I just going, you're saying I'm not good enough to drink here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. There's like any other big fight, and then like Jacob steps in and he's like, Oh, excuse me, this is just a big misunderstanding. Uh, you know, uh, if if I you say this is for truck drivers, well, uh, I'm a truck driver, and then he goes, then he goes, this like elaborate explanation that like, Yeah, license you need to like drive a, a, a truck, and then he shows him the ID, <laughs> and they're like, That's just good, that's just good enough. Yeah, like, yeah, okay. They're very <laughs> specific, they only want yeah. truckers for some yeah. reason, probably because truckers. If they go missing, no one cares. Yeah. You know, because they're like traveling all over the place and they're not like from that place. And I think you would pick up on it less. That's probably the real reason why they don't want regular people in the bar. They want people that can go missing (laughs) because they're going to drink their blood. Um, But yeah, that was really funny. (laughs) And uh, there's a couple of moments in the movie where where, like a situation just is is surprisingly able to be resolved with logic. Yeah. Like when like when Seth convinced like apparently he restores Jacob's faith just by pointing out well if vampires exist then hell must exist and if hell if hell must exist then heaven must exist so God must exist so (laughs) you're man of faith or not. Like okay yeah I'm man of faith. It was that easy. Like, Jacob is there predominantly so he can bless holy water because they're going to need it later. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Although holy water and Protestants, not really a thing, but 
it but yeah. it they needed they needed a holy man yeah. in this movie to fight vampires so <laughs> yeah 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 he just uh he did some he just borrowed some stuff <laughs> yeah yeah um, but yeah, you have the scene where they were drinking together, and I, I, I do like the fact this is like where you do kind of get to see these two sort of come to uh, an agreement because like yeah. uh, they're still in a bad mood and he's thinking about going beating up that that one guy and uh, right like Jacob's like quite blunt saying are you are you such a fucking loser that you don't know when you've won and he just tells he just he just like bigs up his accomplishments uh, and mm-hmm. it's just like. Oh yeah, okay. And he just calms down, <laughs> says, "I drink a toast to you and your family." He's like, "Yeah." So, uh, but I, I do like the fact that, like, yeah, Kate was like, um, initially, she didn't want to drink. Like, oh, I'm not, I'm not 21. <laughs> he's like, "That means yes." And they drink it, and then it's like, okay. And then he's like, "Okay, ha- have another one." Yes, he's like, yes, I'll have another one. And then Jacob gets her a look, and she gets to look at him like, uh, <laughs> "No, I'm good." <laughs> it's like, oh. it's, it's quite fun. Uh, yeah. That long I, I, I kind of wish there'd been a little bit more to take time with them just like hanging out together in the bar, but. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I agree. That was like a fun scene. Yeah. It's also this point where they start to introduce like all the other like people that, that will be fighting alongside later, uh, like Tom Savini as a sex machine. Yeah. With, with his. Uh... Oh, he's got a whip, and I'm like, is that is that Castlevania reference? <laughs> yeah, his weapon is, that, is uh, interesting. Yeah. Also, his uh, his uh, his unique um, groinal attachment gun. Yeah, yeah, the, that's yeah. what I was thinking of. The yeah. the gun was, there. This, this came out after Desperado, didn't it? Let me see. When did Desperado come out? Because that 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 same nineteen ninety five. Yeah, like one year. Because that, that's that same. Uh, type, that same gun appeared had was in Desperado where they, where he, where the, um, Marachi was showing uh, some ex characters weapons and mm-hmm. she, she says what what what, what? You, how do you, how do you use this and he's like oh this has saved my life at least <laughs> it's like well you also that in the movies but uh, yeah but you have him and you have uh, Frost played by Fred Williamson yes um, there's also there's also like another like independent movie star and director. Mm. Uh, and he's also got like a ridiculously comp- not complicated but like they give you his backstory that you don't really need because yeah. he's only there yeah. for like five minutes but he's like I fought in Nam and blah 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 <laughs> which I was like again I just love that yeah. every character has like a backstory yeah uh, yeah so yeah and uh, it's also this point we get as you're saying the Salma Hayek uh, yeah. the, the scene I've seen the very most and, and I heard that she was very afraid of snakes and that Rodriguez told her that, oh, well, if you don't want the part, then we're going to give it to uh, Madonna. And that, that like, what? Yeah. And that she was like, okay. And so she was, but he was lying. And oh, okay. so she was like, oh no. And so she was like getting therapy and stuff, trying to get over her snake fear. Now, I don't know if that's true. It was off of IMDb. <laughs> Take it with a grain of salt. But I think that would be funny if she was like really afraid of snakes and did that scene. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, that scene is very memorable, and there's a reason why it gets played a lot. <laughs> yes, I, I was looking respectfully. Um, yeah, I was telling Nick, I was like, she she's built like a video game character. Like, I don't think <laughs> I didn't think people in real life could look like that, <laughs> like yes. her measurements. So yeah, yeah, I was looking respectfully as well. Hey, hey you you can thank you can thank uh, I can't remember the name of it uh, a scene for that because apparently she said that when she was a teenager, she was very uh, elite developer. Um, to, to, oh, to say, really? To, to, and apparently, though, there there was like a local 
like um shrine to like a, a catholic saint who you could um you could pray to <laughs> you could pray to and apparently <laughs> said that the day yes after he blessed she, her then <laughs> well apparently it was a female saint and apparently the day after she um prayed to it and asked it for uh developments <laughs> that's a great story i love that yeah i'm sure that's like if you're religious i'm sure that's the number one thing on god's mind you know yeah. <laughs> your development that's yeah. pretty funny yeah. i hadn't heard that uh, yeah yeah i love sam eric uh, i loved her in like uh, this year she was in um which is we're about to see her actually in, in eternals but, yeah uh, i know isn't that crazy she yeah. had like a really long career yeah. starting uh, with uh, desperado i guess was yeah. probably her first I loved movie. it in um, the the Hitman's Bodyguard movies. Oh um, yeah, <laughs> just just going, just losing it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she's in Sin City. Yeah, Four Rooms. Yeah. I mean, she worked yeah. yeah with them a lot. So, but it's it's funny that when she shows up and does the uh, the dance, that like this this is the point where like, you can see that Kate clearly gets annoyed. <laughs> yeah, she's like, well, what is this? She but was okay when... with the drinking. She's just now she's feeling a little. Yeah. Out of her element. <laughs> she even seems to be bored. The fact that, like, like the sex, the sex criminal, which that was clearly uh, had had an, uh, bad yeah. Oh yeah, like, Richie is like so creepy that he like hallucinates stuff. Like he yeah. imagines her coming on yeah. to him, and then later yeah. asks if she did that or not because he like literally can't tell what's real. But then yeah. later, when he's in trouble, she's like, "Richie, look out!" And I'm like, "Look out! <laughs> Screw that guy." <laughs> she's yeah. just she's just too nice yeah. and, and Seth, Seth does use that to Jacob and, and the, the things that, well, I don't think you want to be worried about my brother's intentions towards your daughter yeah, yeah. and it's like ugh it's like yeah he would he would he obviously would not have let it happen but he's like happy to yeah he kind of uses psychology yeah. on people to kind of get them yeah. to do what he wants yeah but yeah that whole uh so yeah that whole dance happens and uh, of course of course Gwen had to write in a scene where he gets to uh drink off of her feet uh, i know there's a lot of feet in this movie but the yeah. fact that he's portrayed as a creep i feel like he's sort of making fun of himself yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. uh but yeah and uh it's like shortly after that the uh the part yeah, cheech comes back in uh and we have that's when things start to kick off with the yeah uh, like it's also quite funny though. It's like 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 it's apparently like a like a bar full of like really dangerous biker types. But as soon as like two guys like pull out guns, apparently everyone everyone all the other patrons of the bar, the human ones, are like frozen in fear. Like they, yeah, they're not really. It's like so. What, are you are you just bad? Are you bad or are you just guys dressed up as bikers? But uh, there's a couple couple there. Um, so yeah. Uh, also, another thing is like we're saying about feet, but also hand. There's a lot of hand damage to yeah Richie. to Richie. He gets, yeah, he gets shot through the hand at the beginning, uh, and then just tapes it up like like that's what like that would work. Um, yeah, I'm like, um, he needs medical attention. Uh, yeah, and like, but that whole scene didn't have to happen. Like Richie caused all of that to happen because they could have just gotten in and out of there, but he, you know, kept seeing things that enabled him to shoot people you know how he kept like insisting people said things or did things and they were like no i yeah. didn't i guess later when you when he thinks that girl said something she didn't it's like he's yeah. nuts he just is seeing stuff <laughs> yeah i hadn't put that together till just now yeah uh i wonder because like uh i wonder if they like they got into that more in the tv series because uh I've, mm. I've seen some of that but I, don't, I can't i can't remember 
how how much they went in because have you seen the TV series? Uh, I, I have not. No. It's like it's very it's like it's very odd because it's like it's it's t- it's taking this the story the plot the plot of the movie but stretching it out immensely and oh, like okay. filling in stuff and like uh, it was it was interesting but like I never like got I never got further than up to the point where they actually get to the bar. But oh okay. It was like, there was like there was like there was there was like a lot of like stuff in it like 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 you remember like there's like a little line where he said in the movie where he says well, um, Santanico says uh, he's going to turn her into his her lap dog and uh, call the spot and he's going to like she's going to just make him just like a real lowly thing and he says yeah. no thanks no thanks I've already got a wife on the TV series you meet his wife and it's oh. like, and it's like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how necessary the show the show really was for all that stuff. But mm. um, it just gave more stuff. background and stuff. Yeah, but there's there's just stuff like they they did because um, apart because it, it goes beyond where the the movie ends because like it kind of uses like the movie it kind of uses the movie as, as a jumping off point up to mm-hmm. that point and does a whole thing because like, like apparently there's like a whole vampire organization in Mexico that is kind of connected to all this. Uh, oh, okay. That, and like I think there's like stuff to do with like prophecies and that and and and, uh, and, and uh, Scott actually survives <laughs> this thing. But I think he becomes he actually does become a vampire. So also also uh, also Danny Trio's in that as well, but he's playing a different character. I think he's playing a vampire hunter in that one. Oh really? Uh, or I think, I, think he's, I think he's a vampire hunter who works for the vampires. So he's just uh, oh, okay. He's kind of like a hitman for the vampires yeah. then. Yeah. Um, but yeah. But uh, what was I saying? But but anyway, it all, it all kicks off with that that fight and uh, and like this is this, I think this is the part the part of the movie the part of the movie gets like noticeably a lot more cartoonish and mm-hmm. uh, tone. And oh, for sure. There's like a lot of slapstick and like characters. Um, like I think like I said before, characters kind of really ad- adapt to the situation really quickly. Yeah, they're they're I mean they should be horrified there's vampires and like frozen in fear, but instead they just kind of jump into action. Yeah, and uh <laughs> like Fred Lynch's character and like and like Sex Machine both get like really into killing vampires like uh Yeah. They're like if like uh, when he says, Oh if you have if you have something to say to him, why you say it to me first and they're like beating he pulls he pulls that one vampire's heart out. <laughs> I know that part was like shocking. I'm like, how how did he do that? <laughs> yeah, because um, because it does also seem like like again like the rules of the movie get a little bit looser here as well because like they're kind of inconsistent about how all the vampires work because like they, they are. can do they can do different things and like they, they die in different ways. Uh, like uh, like some of them melt, some of them explode, and some of them kind of uh, just they like 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 when Richie gets killed. He he sort of burns up, but then he's got his like skulls left lying there, um, and that and that sort of thing. And uh, it's just funny because I think it's just I think at this point they just like they let a little imagination run wild. So it's like, well, what if this vampire had like a mouth in its stomach with, with fangs, or what if this vampire when he's got his head pulled off, uh, a rat head comes out with the, the stump and it turns into a rat werewolf type thing? Oh yeah. <laughs> also in this movie, um, yeah. Yeah, like you're saying, if if you get bit, you turn into a vampire. Which typically yeah. it's if they're drained completely, not and, and like and, and the vampire wants you to be a vampire. But in this one, it's like it's like a zombie almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, some yeah, well yeah, some some yeah, some of them call like, like personality change, and some of them yeah become like zombies and uh, yeah, 
and also it like, seems like it's kind of consistent like how long it takes to turn but I guess it also depends on the, on the, the wind because Jacob gets bitten like the wrist and he, t- he says like he's got like an hour he, well he just guesses it's an hour um, which also that's funny that scene where when there's a lot of break and they're all like trying to figure out what are all the weakness to vampires and it's like well uh, wooden stakes uh, crosses wood all across well yeah we do crosses we've got all these sticks around just put, just put them together and it's like yeah Peter Cushion did that all the time <laughs> Or uh, with asking like silver, it's like no, that's that's werewolves. No, yeah, I know silver bullets or werewolves, but silver is something to do with vampires. Well, have you got any silver? Uh, no. Well, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> and uh, it is, I think it is good that like the, like the whole thing about it was, just, it was like a nice plot device where they said that like the the they said that it was they were uh, deliberately targeting truckers, which is how you get that whole haul of stuff at the end that they, that they use to turn into the weapons. Mm-hmm. Um, which is uh, so like like yeah so it's like it's kind of it's, yeah, it's kind of weird, weirdly convenient there's like there's, there's a coffin shaped crossbow box <laughs> why, why would the vampires keep that around like specifically a weapon that could be used against them I know what was up with that <laughs> that's so funny yeah and uh, just stuff like like what like was that was 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 like Richie was Seth's weapon was that like a, a leaf blower that he stuck a I don't know what but it looked that? cool yeah, <laughs> but it didn't make a, a leaf blower or like it almost looked like a drill and then it had like yeah yeah yeah, yeah or yeah. like a jackhammer maybe yeah I don't know but it looked neat yeah. uh, that uh, that was where like the camp got turned up to an eleven it was like almost Evil Dead yeah. level. <laughs> And uh, yeah, like just to go back to like the, the initial slaughter, I like the bit where they were, where the, again we have the break, but it's like, well, we need to go and make sure everyone else is dead, and they're mm-hmm. all like systematically stabbing uh, table legs in the hearts, and like Kate is like <laughs> struggling to do one of them, and yeah. one of them just like, ah, ah! <laughs> uh, and then uh, sex machine gets bit, and he just like hides it like a dick. Yeah. <laughs> like, why do you do that? There's always like, one. There's always yeah. one. It's like people going to work with a f- fever these days or something it's the equivalent <laughs> and uh i don't know if i did when that when that turn happens it's like in the middle of frost's vietnam flashback speech, yeah which uh it's, it's quite funny so they seem to lean in the fact that it's kind of rambling doesn't really have a point or what? yeah he doesn't get to, he doesn't get to make the point before he gets killed uh which is like, <laughs> it's kind of it kind of reminds me of um sam jackson and deep blue sea yeah yeah <laughs> Um, there's also like a weird line that where he says that like a grenade exploded beside him and he says well, that's why I'm so pretty but it's like yeah <laughs> there's nothing wrong with your face like what are you talking about it's like is, was there something like was this was he supposed to be scarred but they run out of money and they forgot to change yeah. it I don't know <laughs> um, but yeah and uh, we have the final fight um, where I like again talking about when like situations being resolved by logic where like Jacob's telling them get try to get them to promise to kill him yeah, and it's like, oh, you you don't you believe in suicide? It's like, well, it's not suicide. No, if you're I know dead. it's murder. It's different. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Murder's better. Murder's okay. Yeah. Suicide is not. <laughs> but yeah, uh, and uh, yeah, the final fight is like uh, go back again. Like yeah, yeah like uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I know. I know. Yeah, like, like so. Like uh, Jacob gets like half his face taken off, and then K has to shoot him, which. Yeah, it's pretty bad, but I still, I still, I still see Scott going at the worst because, like, why does he have to die? <laughs> I know he's so innocent. 
And like, like it's like the me- I think it's also like one of the messiest deaths because like white, like because like the vampires explode, so they, they blow him up. Yeah. Um. And uh, you have the fight, yeah, and you have the, the whole thing where it's just it's just Scott and uh, it starts just Kate and and Seth at the end, and uh, she's like, should we save the last bullets for ourselves? And he's like, no, you you save them for the next fucking tries to beat. <laughs> <laughs> Because uh, it was kind of weird because because you were saying that earlier on that yeah, no no I know it, it does make sense actually yeah because yeah um but yeah I, I do yeah it, it, it's also quite funny as well if I think about it it's like the movie kind of um, does away with like I guess like in a movie like this you you expect certain characters to not to like last longer than they do yes because it's, so like, you, you'd think that San, Santana for instance would be like the final boss because she's like the leader of the vampires but she actually gets killed. Pretty, like, pretty so quickly, does, yeah. Yeah, and so does Richie. When you when you think about how uh, he's uh, he's like how the emotional attachment Safi says Safi would have to like fighting him, but uh, he gets killed pretty quickly as well. True. Um. um but uh, yeah, and then you have the uh, <laughs> the ending where they they, blow, they they get blown up because a disco ball catches the light, which is like <laughs> very that's very inventive. Uh, yeah, because surprised. You basically wonder like is that is that is that brand new or maybe that's something that could have been done before in the movie, like. Uh, yeah, true. Has, has it been done before? Because it, it I don't think so. Movie. Or I thought you meant could have been done earlier in the movie. Um, All right, I don't yeah. think it's been done in other movies. I've never seen that before. <laughs> pretty, yeah. pretty ingenious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So and uh, I do like the fact that the whole situation like is sort of like. Brought on by the fact that uh, the final character by played by Cheech, he just didn't he didn't really do his research. Yeah, he's <laughs> like, oh, it's like, what? He's just like, what are they? Are they, what are they psychos? <laughs> <laughs> and like, Seth just gives them like just a lot of grief about psychos do not explode when sunlight <laughs> hits them. They were vampires, and because of that, my my brother is dead. That whole girl's family is dead, and there's nothing you can do to, to fix that. And then she's yeah. had to haggle. But um, <laughs> but yeah, as as kind of funny. Like, like I said, like I said, it's like like the first the first half of the movie is is relatively serious. Yes. And for the second half, it is just kind of just like just it gets it, fun. It, it's much more loose and what the hell with it all and. Uh, because it does make you wonder, like, what, what does Kate do after this? Because like, Seth gives Seth gives her some of some of the money, uh, and she just like drives. I think she just she she she, she, she takes someone else's car. Then what did she what she drive off in again at the end? She's, uh, oh, I don't remember. I mean, I think it's just somebody else's car. Yeah, like, yeah, because she, her, their their vehicle's gone. Yeah, I don't know. Hmm. I mean, she, I guess she went and lived with extended family or something. <laughs> I don't know how she's yeah. going to explain that. Yeah. And uh, the, the nice reveal at the end that the whole bar was built on, I guess, an Aztec, an Aztec temple. Yeah, uh, and it, they kind of hinted that with Selma Hayek's, like, I don't know, like her her look and like the the background of the stage she's on and stuff. But yeah, then it's yeah. kind of confirmed at the end. Yeah, yeah, the bar does have some like elements of like being like a like a temple structure. Um, yeah. Um, and that, but uh, yeah, uh, maybe, maybe they got into that in the prequel because you know there was like, there was like a trilogy, and it was yeah. like straight, straight to, they were like what well, like, was both straight to video, and like one one was like a sequel, and one was the prequel about Santanico's origins. But, uh, oh, I'm, I'm okay, not, I haven't I'm, seen those. 
I've not seen them either. I've heard, heard the second one's actually kind of decent, but uh, I've not I've not seen it. Also, they did like I'm sure this isn't like cat canon. There's a video game follow up where <laughs> where you played where Seth was in prison and the prison gets attacked by uh, vampires. That's <laughs> great. Like, oh. <laughs> yeah. I would watch that yeah. if it was a movie. Uh, so uh, yeah, so that's like uh, overall the plot of it. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, it's just yeah, it's just a very insane, it's kind of it's an insane movie, and it's like it's it's, it's interesting. It's like it's really like, fun. Yeah, it's like messy, but in a good way. And yeah, it's not, and it's like it, it, it like I said, it did also like give George Clooney his like big Hollywood break. Yeah, um, maybe 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 he could have got something else outside this because like he was you know sort of like famous at the time for uh, ER, but uh, I think this. But it like does seem like this movie propelled him for sure. Yeah. 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 He wouldn't have got Bat- Batman and Robin. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> that's the one part he wished he hadn't gotten. <laughs> I think I think I think also as well that was like literally the second movie he did after this. So you have to wonder how, how he was feeling at the time. <laughs> it's like, oh, did I make a mistake leaving ER? But uh, no, glad, glad glad to see he like uh, you know kept he he kept it up. Um. So yeah. Um. Anything else? I, I I think that's all I have. Do you have anything else? Um, yeah, I guess we should also like notice as well. Something's big about Rodriguez movies is the music. Uh, oh yeah, the music's really good. Yeah, because he's like he's also he's often the composer of a lot of the stuff, and they definitely use uh, use that in the bar with the band. Uh, Playing the songs to the, uh... I like the fact that when 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 the massacre starts, um, you cut to the band and they suddenly, the lead, the lead guitarist has got like a, a guitarist made of a human body. With, yes, uh, and like they're all vampires. Yeah, yeah, that that yeah. looks really cool. And uh, <laughs> and like it's kind of funny, like they're actually quite a good band, but then uh, Frost and Sex Machine see them like, yeah, let's let's go kill that fucking band. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the, the the band just used to blow themselves up rather than. Killed. Yeah, they're like, like, oh, we're out of here. We're just the yeah. entertainment. <laughs> yeah, and I, yeah, I think I think that's him. I think that the lead actor. I think he's been in all the you get stuff. Like, I think he was in Once Upon a Time in Mexico. Oh, okay. As uh, like a like a cab driver, and I think he may have done some. I think he may have been in um, Des- uh, Desperado, but hmm. uh, but I can't remember that. Uh, yeah, he didn't look fami- super familiar to me, but like he kind of vaguely did. So yeah, because because it doesn't doesn't Rodriguez have a a band called Chingon? Uh, yeah, actually, I saw a documentary about that that somebody locally made a while back. Because uh, yeah, I think I think their, I think their music is used a lot in his movies. Um, sometimes yeah, I think I've seen his, like the Chingon list in my like, uh, credits. Um, but I don't think that's the same actor. I think because um, like I see, yeah, Alex Ruiz, Mark Del Castillo, Rick Del Castillo, they're all vocals, but they they, they don't seem to be the same guy. But uh, yeah, yeah, I I see. It just says Rodriguez Band, <laughs> yeah. but I feel like there was a name, but I don't know. I can't find it. So yeah, it's called Rip. Yeah, no, they're called Chingon. C H I. Oh, Chingon. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But anyway, uh, so yeah. Uh, also, yeah, to talk about um, some stuff. Uh, some some is a good um, companion piece to the movie. Okay. Uh, the uh, documentary. Oh yeah, uh, the documentary you mentioned. Yeah, 
Okay, yeah, um, there's a documentary called Full Tilt Boogie, which is about the making of the film. And oh. it's like, it's feature length, um, and it's by... Well, I can't remember. I, 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 I've got it because it's like it's like I've got the collector's edition of the, the movie, and it's oh, like, it's like okay. the second disc is the Phil Tip Bogey uh, documentary. But it's, it's actually it's actually quite it's um it's directed by Sarah Kelly, who was um I call it, well I'll read, I'll, read, I'll read the back of the I'll read the back of the DVD says from the girl who made the coffee on the set of Pulp Fiction. <laughs> from the groundbreaking feature-length documentary about the journey of the film crew making From Dust Till Dawn. Oh, very um, cool. So she's like uh, truly a behind-the-scenes person. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting because like, like, it's like, it's it's really, like I said, it's, it's about making the movie, but it's not really about the movie itself so much. It's like just... It's by, like the entertainment industry, kind of, and what they uh, were going through at the time. or It's more specifically about like what goes on with the crew of a movie when it's being oh, okay. made. okay. That's kind of cool. So, so there's a lot of, so there's a lot of like intimate, like more intimate stuff and like, uh, I guess, cinema, cinema verity type stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. That's the bit, that's the bit. But it's, you, you see a lot of like the sort of, the, the crew people you don't normally see, like the grips and the personal assistants. And, oh, good. Okay. And uh, hair and makeup and stuff. And uh, you sort of see, and you did talk to the actors as well. Uh, you, like for instance, you find out that, um, George Clooney and uh, Juliet Lewis were like good were good friends, and like they have a thing where George Clooney, they they have a thing involving flipping the bird at each other. Mm-hmm. And it's a scene where Robert, where uh, Clooney gives gives Juliet Lewis a gift, and it's in it's it's, it's quite funny. It's, it's in a gift bag that's like Disney Beauty and the Beast on it. But when she when she pulls it out, it's a glass hand flipping the finger. <laughs> he was pretty much known as a prankster for sure. Yeah. Um, but um, it's also interesting is like like uh, like some of the people who are in it like um, like I said like Greg Nicotero does the special effects and he's um, doing Walking Dead now, uh, but also the assistant director um, Doug uh, Arniokoski um, he's went on to become quite a prolific uh, TV director mm-hmm. and producer. Uh, yeah. He's done he's done uh, several well, several episodes of. New Star Trek, Picard, and Discovery, for instance. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! And he's, also, he's also done Arrow. Um, uh, so it's so it's, it's interesting to look, look at because yeah, it's like nineteen eighty six to like twenty twenty one. You see like sort of how people go about how people can um, see how, see see the journey. Some some mm-hmm. takes a year. Uh, but also, like I said, part of it does cover the whole situation with the uh, the conflict with the ITSE. IATSE, yeah. Um, which is uh, it's like it's quite funny. It's like it, it, I kind of hesitate to talk about it too much because obviously it's 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 a bit one sided, but it's partly but part it's partly not therefore because the they also did try and contact the IATSE about it, but they said that they were a bit hesitant. But there's the, like they wouldn't get they wouldn't like discuss it on camera with them. So, huh. but but it, it does seem that ultimately it did get resolved okay. And like yeah. the most the most that came of it is that like the the the, the crew that was working on the missile done got. Some health coverage, um, but you, well, you, that's you good. Do see, you, but, you, but you do see people who are working on it were saying that they think they felt they felt it was a little bit silly and like yeah. Like, there's a guy talking about how his dad was in um, SAG, like SAG and like other um, unions and how uh, uh, like it was really important at, the t- at that time for something about that and like how he he's, like he appreciates the fact that like. The unions there and see look after the, the little person being oppressed. But now in this particular instance, it felt, it felt like the, the this, this union 
was was try to tell them what to do and like they were yeah. the oppressor. Um, yeah. So I don't I, I didn't really know too much about like the whole situation from like objectively just from what I see from this, but I, I do get the impression that yeah it was it was kind of a pain for everybody, but uh, um, you see you, you, yeah it seemed like it, it's worked out okay in the end. Um, but it's also yeah. quite funny like just literally see that well as of right now today there was that whole thing with that. Yeah, ICSA, it's like the opposite of that. Yeah. Threatening strike. Um, so yeah, so I, rec I recommend watching that. It's quite, it's quite good. It's quite entertaining as well. Uh, it's just, it's quite funny. Like with the way, like there's, there's a scene where the peers are just are, uh, gossiping about who's who's involved with who or who has a crush with who, and then like, uh, and someone says, "Oh well, you guys don't know anything." Let's get Quentin in here, and then cuts, and then Quentin Tantio comes in, and he's just talking about stuff. And apparently, he said that like. Uh, he was apparently told by by uh, by uh, Bruce Willis that he could have sex with any, any of the women on the crew of uh, Pulp Fiction. Like, not not that I would, because I'm a professional. I'm very professional. But apparently, uh, Bruce Willis said, uh, "Yeah, just in case you don't know, now you know." <laughs> so, wow. So, 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 yeah, I know. I know. It's like watching it in the Me Too era. It feels a little weird. But I yeah. Don't it, yeah. But uh, yeah, and there's, there's also funny. There's also a fun thing where like uh, because of all the. Uh, Topless extras for the uh, uh, t the Teddy Twister scenes. Uh, they, they, they did a thing where they got all the the male crew members to take a picture of their asses, and there was a, there was a competition. <laughs> What's fair is fair, I guess. <laughs> yeah, to, 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 uh, there was apparently a competition to judge, and like, like I think one of the winners was um, like a like, like a hairstylist, and he says, "Yeah, I won it, but you know, to, to be fair, I braved them. I said, uh, if, if you vote for me, I'd give you a free haircut." <laughs> <laughs> So that that's one way to win yeah that's pretty funny yeah. <laughs> they just tried to make it an even playing field i guess yeah kind of glad they didn't include that in the movie though <laughs> <laughs> well, well i mean like well, i think only one of them did show his badass everyone was just in jeans but yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay they were in their jeans i thought you yeah. meant like they moved yeah. or something yeah, yeah cool <laughs> uh but uh back to more <laughs> Yeah. Dignified subject. <laughs> well, was there anything else from the movie we hadn't uh, touched on yet? No, I think I think we covered it pretty well. Um, yeah, I feel like we got. Um, let's see how. What is the runtime on this movie? I didn't look that up. Hundred and four minutes. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, it's pretty short. Well, not not quite two hours. A little bit less, but also yeah. not ninety minutes. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think it was like the perfect amount of time to tell the story in, though. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, okay. It's it, it almost, yeah, it's almost like, uh, it's almost like a two-part TV show. It really is. Like, like It could like have been like a mini-series almost, yeah. or like just two yeah. halves. Yeah, and the first half was uh, the serious crime part, and the second part was the sci-fi, the, the, the supernatural world part. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's also interesting. It was, it was interesting to look at it because it's like you can kind of see that as maybe being representative of like who wrote it because, like the first half does feel more Quentin Tarantino. It does, especially the the, the the robbery scene. Yeah, and the second half feels um, feels uh, uh, more Robert Rodriguez. Um, oh, for sure. But you also know that they both like these sort of things, and you and mm -hmm. like you've seen you've like you've seen like, Tarantino do more uh, a little bit more out there stuff since then. Mm -hmm. since this. Um, yeah, so, I agree. Seems like there was a tonal shift after that. Totally agree. Well, I guess that brings me to my last couple of questions for you then. 
what what is it about this movie that if you could summarize what we've been talking about like what is it about this movie that makes you keep coming back to it um it's just very uh it's very unique in its structure it is uh, yeah um and also has like surprising depth with like the characters that are in it uh but but it's overall just very entertaining and fun I, I agree. I think you summed it up perfectly. It's like, it's got a little bit of everything. Like, it is like a fun, campy, over-the-top horror, but it's done by people that love that genre so much, respect it, and so they are able to add, like, a level of depth to it that you don't normally get in those types of films. And it has an incredible cast also. Um, it's just, like, a fun watch, though. Like, e- even if you don't pick apart, like, everything about it that's, like, really good and genius and all that, it's just, like, fun to watch, which is really nice. Um, how, how do you pitch this to someone that's never seen it before? Um, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. It's uh, it's crazy. It's, you're not you. I I I doubt you. you I, I promise you've not you've not seen a movie that works quite like this one does. I guess I would say. Yeah, I again, agree. Again, again, that's mostly just the fact that, like, uh, again, structure would probably take them by surprise, though. Yeah, if they didn't, if you did, if you, if you, if someone like watched it without knowing anything about it, they probably would not see the vampire thing coming. I agree. Yeah, I, I think, I think like it's, it, it's a really fun movie. It's about vampires, but it's definitely like a different spin on that genre that we're used to. Like I said, it, it felt sort of almost in between zombie and vampire, you know? Yeah. Like you could yeah. imagine a world where this was about zombies instead, because it's especially like the frenzy that you get in the in the fight scenes towards the end but i don't know it's just it's got it's just a different type of film but i think you know like you said it's unique and um if you like this kind of stuff at all you you'd like it yeah <laughs> uh, and also the uh, mexican like aspect of it you don't yeah yeah and, and western movies well in american movies at least because uh, i guess mexican mexican cinema would be considered western cinema uh or would it be considered southern cinema? I don't know yeah, I that. think it's still considered western because we're still in the west. Yeah. But um, but a lot of times in like westerns, uh, Mexicans are typically the bad guys or or they're like the helpless townspeople. Like they're in the background, and in this movie, yeah. they're like a little bit more main characters. And it it doesn't. It's not really about that conflict yeah. between like white people and and indigenous people. It's more about vampires, which is kind of fun. <laughs> Yeah, I think, yeah, I, I like the way that Rodriguez has always sort of put his his background into movies and, like, made sure that there's more parts for, for people. And, um, you know, that's always been, like, a fun aspect to his films. You know, they always say you do the best when you talk about what you know, you know. And so he, right. he's really taken ownership of that. A lot of vampire movies don't take place in Mexico. <laughs> so yeah. it, it, that's what makes the movie kind of stand out and be unique, though. So it's, like, yeah. really fun to watch. Uh, yeah. And, and- yeah, and despite the fact that like they, they conform to some of the rules of vampires, there's like just those 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 just a very like very original aspects to it with just some of the ways, some of the designs of the vampires and yes, uh, the, the things they do. Like like I said, like the the, the rat werewolf thing. Yeah, <laughs> like what the hell is that? Uh, yeah, <laughs> they're just they're just having fun at that point. But yeah, like they look so unique. It's not like they're taking directly from any other movie they're kind of like doing their own thing in this one even with just the aesthetics of it yes yeah 
Well, Stu, this was really fun to talk about. I'm, I'm glad you picked this movie. I love spooky season because then I get to watch all these fun horror movies. And, you know, when my guests pick them, then I end up watching movies that aren't typically part of my rotation. So I really had fun watching this and uh, really appreciated that you picked it. You know, always enjoy having you on. Uh, Thank you. I enjoy being on. For sure. And, and where can people find you? Uh, I'm on Twitter at SLFricky. Uh and uh, that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. Well, thank you again for coming on and hope to have you back soon. Thank you. 